Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, man, how's it going today? It's going great, Shay. Today's the day. New mm-hmm. season, new content. Definitely feeling good. All the goodies. It's a great day. Uh, and yeah, we got a fun episode. Today we're going to be diving into season 13, kind of the patch notes, and we're splitting it up. We got a lot of content. We've thought about doing this for the past few seasons, and we're going to try it out this season. So we're going to do part one today, and then we're going to do part two that comes out on Saturday. So today we're going to go into some of the map stuff, Newcastle, the weapons, um, a couple oddball things here and there. And then next or on Saturday, you'll get our full in-depth like ranked reloaded and the legend changes kind of deep dive. So we can hopefully go more in-depth on everything rather than feel like we need to skim through a lot of stuff. But before we do any of that, though, please make sure we want you to check out our Discord to ask questions for the podcast, chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Kirkrudochet and at HB Burrison. Links in the description for both those. And if you want to get even more benefits and support the podcast, please consider joining our Patreon. There's a ton of benefits over there. Uh, coming up really soon is our next private lobby tournament, the mm-hmm. third-party invitational. That will be June 4th. Kicking off at 12 p.m. PDT. First come, first serve. I think there's less than 10 spots left. Uh, so if you're not signed up yet, definitely get over there and don't miss out. It's getting more popular than ever. It's been an absolute pleasure to run these tournaments, and we're going to continue to do so. And we had a big Patreon poll about if the rules were going to be changing. No change, one out over there on the voting. But this door is not shut for us to continue to mess around with things, try new things. I've seen a couple of people actually ask to do some arena stuff in Discord. Yeah. I don't know how we would run something like that, but if you got really fun ideas and want to share, feel free to reach out. Absolutely. And before we go into really this season and talking about all this awesome new content, little bit of news here. Mm-hmm. Next week, May 17th, is the official launch for Apex Legends Mobile. Um, we're pretty excited about it. I think this game is going to pop off. There's going to be so much new content. I think it's going to be great for the main game. Um, kind of just keep it open. That mm-hmm. Maybe Shay and I will create some content around uh, the mobile game. Uh, maybe there'll be some crossover. So if that's interesting to you, let us know. If you hate that idea, also let us know. Definitely. I would definitely love to know either way uh, what your thoughts are. Would love your feedback. That'd be greatly appreciated and excited to see how many people, you know, dive into Apex Mobile. So we'll definitely stay tuned and listen to you all. With that though, let's dive into the patch notes. And I guess the first thing before we kind of go into the nitty-gritty of stuff, first reactions. You know, we've played for you know a day about now. So yeah. what are you feeling early on? This is subject change. I won't hold you to it, but you can call it the best or worst season ever right now. <laughs> I don't know if I need to go that far, but what I can say is that being a Gibraltar main, Newcastle is pretty fun. Um, Just learning that kit, I've experienced it. It's pretty technical, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is fun. I like abilities that you really have to put some strategy into it and kind of plan ahead of time what you're going to do. And then I think that being on Stormpoint is refreshing. I think Kings Canyon kind of beat me down a lot more than I was anticipating. So it's nice to be on a new map. I like the small changes. Mm -hmm. And the weapon meta is really 
shaken up, which I think has been fun, even though it's kind of really sad uh, to lose some weapons and to have those changes. Um, it is fun to have uh, something new. To it's going to take some serious adjusting to get used to yeah. a lot of that stuff. And we'll talk about like, you know, in the future, I mean, if we do a heavy versus light for this season, it's GG's at this point, you know, there's just way yeah. more heavy guns on the ground than there are light. So it's just, it's some interesting stuff for sure. But yeah, map changes are pretty cool. New legend. So far, so good. Really interested to see how people continue to react and use him. Overall, I would just say good stuff. You know, we got some wish list items as well as always, but the content itself is pretty solid and they still got a whole season ahead of them to add to it essentially at this point. Speaking of the map changes though, what are the first impressions on those new ones? You know, we got Down Beast and we got, yeah. what's the official name of them? Are they... Yeah. IMC Armories. Yeah, we're we've called them holds because we have an explosive yeah. hold stuck in our head, which probably is a habit we got to get out of. So, the armories, first impressions, they are a massive game changer. Mm-hmm. I would say they are the most impactful new map feature we've ever experienced, more so than uh bunkers. Bunkers mm-hmm. more so than charge towers, more so than the defensive walls on World's Edge. Um, these are a huge game changer, a must go to in the early to mid game. Mm-hmm. Um, they're incredible. It's yeah. very easy, I would say, to perform well and to secure a great amount of loot, and you're entirely safe. You can't be third partied. So if uh, you're with a team of three and you go in there, shoot some specters, level up your Evo in the in the process, get max ammo, get some gold loot, and then redeploy with no risk that's fantastic i think they're a must play uh, on Stormpoint right now yeah the uh the fact that there is the being safe feature at all times yeah. is absolutely crazy to me um i mean you, there's also time after you complete it to just chill there and recover and be safe and yeah, yeah. i think it's really cool a lot of awesome stuff they did specters being in the game really fun uh the smart loot bins are really cool and it's nice to like see something customly made for you in the game. You got your gamer tag in there and stuff. Uh, there's just a lot of fun little features. And if you complete the entire challenge in its entirety at the highest level, you get a sweet gold ball uh, that drops from the ceiling. And it's a special one. There's a ton of gold loot in there, not just one item like there is on other maps. So go here to get kitted. I think that's like the uh, the short way to say what we just kind of went over. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that the team behind this feature should be incredibly proud because it's a home run. You know, whether or not something like this was absolutely needed in any Apex map is probably up in the air, but this makes a huge impact and is really fun to like interact with. So, yeah, big thumbs up. Let's talk Newcastle. We'll go through the abilities to start. So, we got the, the passive Retrieve the Wounded. Uh, you drag allies as you revive and protect them with your revive shield. Knockdown shield, essentially. You got your tactical, mobile shield, and you throw a controllable drone that creates a moving energy shield that can be destroyed at and by enemies. You got the ultimate, castle wall, leap to an ally or target area, and slam down, creating a fortified stronghold. Okay. I gotta say. You know what? Actually, I want to hear you. From you're, you're coming from the Gibby side of things. I know you were a little skeptical on this guy coming in, and we're by no means as stuff set in stone, but... Are you impressed or disappointed off of kind of like the first impressions you've gotten them? Um, I, you're right. I was very skeptical 
Um, I wasn't really excited uh, for somebody like Newcastle, just in terms of they're not going to really shake things up because someone like Newcastle isn't going to be popular. They're combining things that people don't value. But I know that we value those traits, and I'm incredibly impressed with how the passive works, how the tactical works, how the ultimate works. I think that it is very well polished, and using all three together or a pair of them mm-hmm. is really, really powerful and offers something to the game that we have not experienced yet. So I mean, I'm pretty happy with that. We called Lifeline the best recovery legend in the game for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's been supplemented here. And I, it's interesting because she does it in a different way. Like there isn't a nice advantage to being able to still use your gun and shoot while someone's being revived. But like you said, the combination of abilities is just incredible. The fact that, you know, someone up to a godly number of 75 meters away can be knocked and you can be instantly on them with cover, reviving them while you're kind of moving and peeking. Heck, you throw that other shield as well. It's just like a incredible recovery tool that I feel like we can't compare to other things. Before today, we kind of we're in the camp that Lifeline has her own use case. Newcastle will have something a little different, just mm-hmm. like Mirage and Gibraltar and Bangalore. You know, other potential healers have different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Um, and developers said that as well that yeah, Lifeline totally. is separate and has her own strengths. And that's and why that they she can both touched. coexist. Mm-hmm. I think we can disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least right now, Newcastle can d- just do things so much better uh, and faster. Yeah. You think about. Lifeline can shoot, except she has to go do the interaction. She has mm-hmm. to then come back um, in order to get an angle. Newcastle is able to revive someone faster yeah. because you can just attach, move them, and you're going to be able to reset faster just with the passive ability, not considering you know what he can add with his other abilities. It's such a challenge, though, because this could be a long conversation of itself, so I don't want to get too deep, but this, to me, is an example of potentially power creep. Because how do you get Lifeline to compete with this legend where it's like, yeah, it's great that, yeah, you can revive without, you know, popping down your, uh, popping down and not being able to use your gun. But when you combine that, it's still effective with two incredible shielding abilities. It's just so hard to compare because this ult is great. It takes a full Spitfire clip to get one fifth of it done. I mean, the tactical is 360 damage. Is that correct? I believe right now. I mean, we're going to dive into it so deep, but it's, it's just blowing my mind looking at at things least 360 on the top and the bottom. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of hit points there. Anything that like I think the concept and we talked about this with the caustic changes a while back where it's like, yeah, it's a disadvantage to having something be invincible or not being invincible, but being able to and Make your enemies shoot bullets not at you is such yeah. an advantage in a firefight that we've already experienced just in our few handful of games on day one with Newcastle. And so I'm so interested to see kind of where he settles and where he lands. And yeah, we can circle back on lifeline stuff, but it's definitely been too bad thinking early. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really excited to go into Newcastle um in the following week when we master the legends on Newcastle. There's so much more to talk about than I was anticipating and I think we can add a lot of great tips on how to maximize his abilities. And then on Saturday, yeah, we'll talk more about Lifeline.
Yeah, definitely. Uh, with that, though, let's get into some of the weapon changes for this season. So this is probably, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is one of the bigger weapon shakeups we've ever had. And we kind of said that with the R301, but yeah. just outside of the R301 as well, there's a lot going on. And so full stop. Yeah. Crafting rotation, flatline, and longbow, they're out. They're now on the ground. Uh, the flatline nerf was not reverted, which was very interesting to see. That was something I know you were really interested to kind of dive into. And the rampage and R301 went into the crafting rotation without a nerf to the R301, at least, uh, which is something I was hoping for. What do you think of kind of, I mean, we've talked at length about R301 going in now, you know, last yeah. week. But what do you think about the whole nerf versus no nerf kind of in and out swap? Yeah, I mean, I'm really not satisfied with mm-hmm. that little micro nerf to the DPS on the flatline not being reverted on the way out. Um, you know, it doesn't really change things, to be honest, like we've talked about. It doesn't change the, the time to kill, the shots to kill. You know, it, it really doesn't matter. It's the principle. It, it was a big principle <laughs> thing that I think just was embarrassing because they were so perfectly balanced. The yeah. flatline on the R3, so perfectly balanced against each other. Um, the big thing here is the R301 and the Rampage, on our recommendation and by the numbers, were the two most powerful weapons in the game, yep. period. Mm-hmm. Really not close. The fact that they are now in the crafter, we believe that based off the economics of how crafting works, is a massive nerve and a massive switch up. Mm-hmm. Can you prioritize one of these weapons in a game? Absolutely, especially if the crafting, uh, you know, supports that with the magazine. Yeah. Um, but this is huge mm-hmm. um, in terms of changing up the weapon meta. The best news that comes out of this, Shay, is now we have it confirmed in the actual UI of the game that these are seasonal rotations. Yes. That yeah. the R301 on the Rampage will be out um, in the near future. Mm-hmm. But what's so strange about it is the Rampage Spitfire situation yeah you know having both of those on the ground you know is gonna favor the heavy weapons even more than they already are mm-hmm. right now there's seven heavy weapons if you count the car yep. six if you don't and then five light weapons but if you want a light weapon to use in a medium range environment mm-hmm. there is none no there's r3 nothing. no g7 you're really pigeonholed into using a heavy weapon this season if the rampage comes back out and a heavy weapon doesn't go into the crafting rotation, mm-hmm. whoa, that's insane. Like we must yeah. be seeing probably the prowler go in uh, to the crafting rotation or maybe even the wingman. Who knows? Who knows? It, it's really interesting. I mean, I won't speak to, I, I'm not ready to speak to yet. Like will the R31 and rampage not ever be seen like the longbow and flatline were because I think they're more likable guns. So people might spend more effort. But I will just say one thing that I hadn't thought of with this change that I experienced today was I was playing Maggie, so I have to run a shotgun, you know, PK. I found a purple mag, purple light mag, so I really felt inclined to use a light gun. Had the R9. I felt very, like more than any other time, like playing the game last season, I was like, I need to go to the replicator and get an R301 to complete my loadout, not just because I like the gun, but because of, like you said, those range limitations. Or yeah. with the flatline last season, you know, I felt like oh, it'd be nice to have a flatline, but I can go get a rampage or I can go get a car and replace it in other way, shapes, or forms. The fact that there's no replacement in that class 
might support the R301 a little bit more in the crafter potentially. Um, but I think we'll, we'll learn a lot more about that as the season goes on. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can take the positive side and say, hey, this is a healthy, meaningful shakeup. But for that situation that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. we always talk about build your loadout based off the loot that you have. And that yeah. really means those magazines. So you have to follow the light guns if you have a light magazine. The mm-hmm. fact that you can't in yeah. the way that you want to totally really messes with your gameplay experience. And I would go as far to say that on top of the other components on why the R301 is such a great weapon for a diverse group of players made this a bad decision. We'll mm-hmm. see as the weeks and months go on this season, but I think there could be some major regret in a treating the Arthur one this way <laughs> like you said though it's seasonal so hopefully we uh don't mm-hmm. have to get that changed and we'll uh you know they don't throw a little wrench in the seasonal plan let's yeah. talk about the gold weapon rotations we got the eva 8 the bow the flatland b2020 spitfire what do you think i think we got pretty close on the guesses honestly yeah we got a uh, really close here we got three out of five correct um the longbow wasn't going to go in because that was a season 11 uh, mm-hmm. rotation. But the bow is, you know, up there with the charge rifle and just its uh, useless gold rotation. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a, a much better uh, loadout for gold weapons than we saw last season, last which season I think was, was so bad, man. It definitely so one bad. for the records. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, Spitfire, Eva, Flatline, those will be fun. Mm-hmm. Havoc, interesting little buff it got. Improved recoil at the start of the pattern. Um, I'll say first impressions for me, I felt like this was really impact. Like I really felt it early on, especially yeah. in the kick. There's definitely something uh, in the mid to late of a full auto magazine with the Havoc that's really hard to control. But I do feel like those first couple shots are pretty dang easy to land now, which I'd rather land the first couple than the last couple. Uh, in terms of doing damage. So it's a nice change. Yeah. I mean, at this point, if you have a kid at Havoc, you're pretty content with that. Yep. I think you still can upgrade to a Devotion, um, and it probably is going to outperform, even though it was changed as well. Uh, the Havoc is definitely erroring more on the side of usable than yep. not usable, just because of this recoil adjustment. It, it truly was an untouchable weapon for a lot of people in the last few seasons. So it, this was yep. a really nice change in terms of Giving us another AR that's usable after taking out the R3, which was kind of quite nice. Big time. Mosaic and PK, they increased limb damage from 0.8 to 1. Talk to me about this change. How does, you know, we've yeah. dove, dove into the shotguns before. Is limb damage something impactful that we should be like, hey, you know, this is a really nice buff to the shotguns? Yeah, so whenever we look at numbers uh, for any weapon, specifically the shotguns, we never take into account limb damage mm-hmm. um, just because the pellet spread could be completely different. However, for a shotgun, limb damage is pretty meaningful because yeah. you are having a spread of pellets for all of the shotguns. Um, and so is this a 20% buff to the damage of shotguns? No, mm-hmm. but it is a little bit. And so this is a nice little uh, damage buff to both the PK and the Mozambique. You know, early on with the Mastiff, uh, which we'll talk about here in yeah. a few minutes. Um, shotgun meta is pretty cut and dry. Yep. You, you don't have to think a whole lot about it. You run it's a PK. peacekeeper all day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's interesting. I don't know why they wanted it to be that way, 
But mm-hmm. clearly, this was an intentional move uh, to take the Mastiff out and be the first weapon yet to have two stints in the care package. Yep, yep. It's fascinating, to say the least. So I'm really, I wish we had gotten an explanation to that one. But mm. yeah, I mean, limb damage is always interesting because no, like you said, it's not a 20% increase in damage, but what it does do is increase the floor of shotguns, adds a little bit more forgiveness to a weapon that is incredibly high risk, which is, an, yeah. is a nice benefit, uh, to say the least. So yeah, PK, just a little bit easier, a little bit better. Talking about those crate weapons, though, Spitfire is back on the ground. Mastiff in the crate. Speaking of the Mastiff, though, it got a Titan blast pattern. Ammo capacity was reduced from 6 to 4. The stockpile ammo start is going to be 28 bullets. The damage per pellet increased from 11 to 14. They increased the pellet size, and the fire rate was increased from 1.1 to 1.2. Monster weapon. Can I just say that off the bat right now? (laughs) Absolute beast. I mean, if you're Maggie, you're now playing the care package um, mm-hmm. for more reasons than one and <laughs> her passive. But man, uh, this is a, an extremely powerful Mastiff. Uh, definitely more powerful than it was uh, when it originated yeah, in the care yeah. package. So I mean, it man, used to be the shock. care package shotgun that you'd still run the PK over because yeah. it was the PK was better. And now it's a freaking monster. <laughs> the rate of fire alone on this bad boy oh my God. is next level mm-hmm. um truly an impressive shotgun yeah the mag size compare. mag size nerf is a little tough but for the best because I, I look at this gun right now and i'm like if it was six you could do some incredible stuff in terms of pump pump knock somebody pump puck knock somebody and then you know hit another person too potentially like the four does limit concerned. that ceiling a little bit. Yeah, I'm not concerned because the you can still have the dual shell yeah. with yeah. this care package mastiff. So you are able to reload the full clip with mm-hmm. just two shells in there. So it's a fast, it's a powerful good weapon. weapon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Before we get into all the LMG changes, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's talk LMGs, and we'll start with the. You know, most controversial gun that's probably ever touched Apex Legends and the Spitfire. A lot of changes to these guns this season. So they decreased the damage from 19 to 18. The purple and gold mags capacity was reduced from 55 to 50. They changed the crouch hip fire spread. They increased it. They removed the barrel attachment slot. They reduced the headshot damage multiplier from 1.75 to 1.5. They reduced headshot distance from 64 meters to 57 meters. They increased the reload time from 3.2 to 3.4. And then they made a number of changes to essentially make it harder to handle. You're slower now, you know, holstering, lowering, raising, drawing the weapon out. So tons of changes, a huge adjustment. Do you feel it early? Yeah, I mean, it was very important to make some serious changes to the mm-hmm. Spitfire, more so than just bringing it back down to where it was on the ground loop, because there was public outcry about how unfair the Spitfire had become and that it needed to be removed from the game. We went as far to assume that the Spitfire would never come back out Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of the Rampage replacing it and the fact that it was just too difficult to balance. Even though this is a laundry list of changes, I would say the Spitfire was tweaked a little bit. I do not think that the teeth were completely removed from this weapon. I think you can absolutely use it. And even though there is a considerable amount of hip fire uh 
spread. Yeah. They still have such a big magazine size mm-hmm. and such a respectable damage per second that it's still going to be a great weapon. Yeah. And right now, I think that the meta is still going to lean towards the Spitfire this season. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a good early assessment. I think what they did take out of it is some good stuff, though. I think removing the barrel stabilizer makes it a harder yeah. gun to use. So it's not as approachable to you know, everyone, because yes, while you do have a lot of bullets, you know, no barrel's going to hurt you, especially at longer ranges. It's going to be a harder weapon to use. And the Kraut tip fire spread, like we said, it has such a big mag. It does increase the spread, especially if people are like crouch spamming up close, which was such a complaint about it last time around was that the Spitfire is outperforming things at close range with its accuracy. I think and hope this change will allow the gun to not be able to outperform the SMGs and such up close and that those ones will still win out, but you're still looking at a very powerful gun all around. Yeah. Rampage. Increase the reload time from 2.6 to 3.1, and they slightly increased the handling times as well on that weapon. They got the little little flatline nerf going into the uh, (laughs) replicator. How are you feeling? Yeah, you know, it definitely brings up that reload time to where the other LMGs were initially, yeah. um, which is kind of strange. That, you know, We're going to talk about all the changes to LMGs, but the Rampage was such an outlier in terms of its reload time compared to the Spitfire and the Devotion that mm-hmm. this is only you know fair. I think the Rampage is still going to be a pretty powerful weapon, especially revved up with a Thermite, mm-hmm. but the Spitfire is back, baby. It, yeah. You know, there's no real comparison in terms of the time to kill magazine size mm-hmm. uh, against the Rampage. I don't think that if you have a fully kitted Spitfire, you're going to be seeking out a Rampage. Yeah. It's spitty season, to say the least, as of now. Devotion, though. Devotion got another laundry list of changes. Damage reduced from 16 to 15. Reduced that headshot multiplier from 1.75 to 1.5. Reduced the headshot distance from 64 to 57. Increased the reload time from 2.8 to 3.2. And then the same handling changes, essentially, that the Spitfire got. So another nice laundry list of stuff. Like we were saying, though, doesn't touch the DPS. This one actually didn't touch the up-close hip fire, which I thought was kind of interesting because that's some of the power of that Turbo Devo up-close in those games. So. This definitely stills a spot in the meta. And like you were telling me earlier, I'm not going to steal your words and ideas, but those armories, that's going to really help you land a turbocharger if this is kind of a loadout and gun you want to run. So really important. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially in ranked. And that's what matters here. You know, mm-hmm. like you think about we're going to make changes to weapons. Where is that going to have the most impact? It's going to impact ranked and then competitive outside of that. Um, the Devotion was such a popular weapon as a late-game secondary in the ALGS and has been for the last six to eight months. It's such a powerful weapon that I think is overlooked by the general player mm-hmm. because it requires so many attachments. Yeah. It's the most demanding out of any other weapon to actually loot and get fully kitted, but still being able to hip-fire such a powerfully large magazine so quickly it's going to outperform SMGs and ARs in those chaotic up-close environments. Mm-hmm, definitely. We also got the L-Star changes. Reduced headshot damage multiplier from 1.75 to 1.5. Headshot distance from 64 to 57. The overheat cool-off time was increased from 2.5 to 3.6. And they slightly increased the handling times as well. That cool-off time, that's a big jump. 
you know, 2.5 to 3.6 is nothing to joke about when we kind of look at the time to kill in the game and just overall changes to weapons. What do you think about that one? Yeah, out of all the changes to the LMGs, I think the L-Star was hit the most in terms of that cool-off time. It's such a unique weapon in terms of how it reloads. and yeah. It's kind of more difficult to use. Um, was the L-Star a very popular, powerful weapon last season? I would say no. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of lost its, uh, its competitive edge. But uh, you can feel this change. You just yeah. go into the firing range and you're going to feel that the L-Star is a lot less forgiving than it once was. Yeah. And it's now more important than ever to feather the trigger. You know, don't mm-hmm. use the entire thing. Don't burn it out. You need to avoid that at this point because you can't be out of the fight for 3.6 seconds. That's just not, yeah. not and, acceptable. And um, using it as a secondary as yeah. well. I think yeah. it's something we've been recommending. And certainly this is a great way to deal your 120, 130 damage at the flat line, and then swap to the L-Star for the finish. Let's talk Kraber nerf. So they reduced the headshot multiplier down from 3 to 2, and they changed the damage, reduced it from 145 to 140. First question, why? Why, why yeah. are we hitting the Kraber? And what does this actually you know, do in theory to the weapon? Because you know, 145 to 140 doesn't sound like anything dramatic you know, off the mm-hmm. bat. Yeah, so this change is all about competitive integrity for Apex Legends. Um, It's about nothing else besides that. Um, There's been a lot of discussion, both internally at Respawn and in the competitive scene with the Global Series, that there's just no reason that the Kraber should be in the game. Yeah. Um, You know, does this change really affect everyone? Yeah, it does. Um, because it decreases how excited you're going to be to want to <laughs> use it. Uh, just that idea that this weapon isn't a guaranteed knock off of a headshot to paint on loot, I think really hurts people's mm-hmm. uh, excitement to use it. Is it still a powerful weapon? Yes, absolutely. Its body damage is you know, slightly changed. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be able to lay down incredible damage with it medium range gonna be able to quick scope you know hit them for 140 damage and then finish them off with ease that still is the use case for the kraber but the fun moments of getting those headshots are going to be a a lot less not only because it's less powerful and less possible to do but because people won't be picking up this gun as much i I think that it was really harmed uh, in its public relations this season (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it comes with the helmet buff as well, which is another reason that we're going to see, you know, like you said, a decrease in the ability to just get the one-shot headshot knocks. You know, the blue helmet headshot damage reduction was increased from 40% to 50%, and the purple helmet headshot damage reduction was increased from 50% to 65%. Overall, boosting the helmets. This is a gear season. Helmets get a boost. Knockdown shields get a boost for Newcastle. Like, it's an interesting combo, but... Yeah, taking the, you know, the Kraber nerf is interesting, uh, to say the least. But I will all say, you know what? Pros are really excited about this. And so I think they're the ones that are hitting these shots. So I would say generally, you know, probably on the better side of things for the game. Yeah, I think so. There's also a change to the Fortified Legends. Fortified no longer reduces headshot damage. Fortified, man, that's a rabbit hole in and of itself that we could go down. And we would love to know why, you know, Fortified is back in the game. We were told early on when we were first following Apex, you know, they made a mistake putting Fortified Legends in the game. 
if they could do it over again, they would take Fortified out because balancing these legends was impossible. Since yeah. then, there's been a lot of turnover. New team, new legend designers, new balance designers. So it's interesting to see that that perspective is, uh, you know, was unique to the original team and it has been adjusted since then. Um, but I kind of would have just still you know, loved to hear a little bit about why, which we did not per se get. <laughs> yeah, complete crickets uh, on this change. And I think it's so important because, you know, we haven't seen a four or five legend in a long time. Like you said, they regretted it, didn't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. The thing that I find interesting, two parts. One, fortified shouldn't affect heads. Yeah, Obviously. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is something that I think is overdue. That I I understood that legends that had fortified took 15% reduced damage, but the fact that that also applies to their head is strange. Should Gibraltar hitting a Gibraltar head be different than a Loba head for a sniper? Probably not. Um, so I think this is a completely fine change. Will it massively affect the entire game in your gunfights no but it probably shouldn't have in the first place Mm -hmm. but what's more interesting is the fact that they have said publicly many times fortified was something we didn't really want to do hitbox is something that we don't want to go on the extreme end of anymore small Mm -hmm. or large but we feel like we have to keep caustic and gibraltar being fortified and that it's fair yeah adding a new legend that's fortified as well newcastle somehow made them reconsider uh is fortified Mm -hmm. fair and good well let's do this one change that makes a ton of sense and is probably two years you know over uh due but i think it's still fair to say that even though you might read this and think about oh they nerfed fortified it's still clear that it's a fair thing and it's been in the game so long and it stayed even after low profile because it's needed to yeah. balance and the data clearly supports it with how much they have at this point. Yeah. And to be clear, like I, we you know, empathize with the team for having like balance issues. We are not against fortified legends being in the game. The big boy squad's fun. And now you can run, you know, caustic newcastle uh gibraltar that's going to be really entertaining to see people you know do and have a ton of fun with so there's good stuff there just kind of like this is a big change a big switch of a mentality would have been nice to hear a little bit about it but moving on from that we got hop-up changes as well the dual shell was removed from floor loot and crafting bundles obviously makes a little bit of sense we got the main gun that it was used on mastiff put in the care package and uh yeah an interesting hop-up switch but pretty quiet on the hop-ups all around yeah, I mean, this is the first season without a new hop-up or a new weapon since season five. Yeah. Two years of Apex, so we had one or the other every season. Um, shocking. I think that it, it, it'll be interesting to see if that will be felt significantly because sometimes the hop-up is less impactful. Last time we got the kinetic feeder. Mm-hmm. Was that, you know, moving Best the dial in, the in terms of... Yeah. Just, it, it's <laughs> impact on loot and gunplay mm-hmm. uh, is probably not as profound as new weapons or other hop-ups, but this season, nothing. Will, will we feel that? Yeah, I'm going to hold out a dream. I mean, I, we heard that this was a season where another energy AR was supposed to be introduced. That mm-hmm. was kind of canned last second and delayed for whatever reason. We don't really know why. Um, give me the mid-season weapon edition. Flip out about it. It'd be so fun. Be awesome. They've never be done awesome. the big, like, drop like that in the middle of the season so i think that'd be cool 
don't get your hopes up though, anybody. I'm just uh, dreaming on the pod. Let's talk about arenas a little bit. Some big cost changes. Thermites, that's the big one, I think, that we kind of wanted to emphasize at the top of things. Dropped from 100 to 75. We can circle back on all of this, but I'm going to rattle through it real quick. So the weapons that got cheaper, which means they got a buff in theory. Charge rifle, longbow, sentinel, bow check bow, triple take, L-star, hemlock, prowler. And the more expensive guns that essentially got nerfed for being more, got more expensive. Devotion, Havoc. First impressions off of this list, or if you want to talk Thermite again, feel free to go there. I want to love Arena so much. I do too. Um, I gassed it today, though, when we went in, so I can't say anything. These changes are so random, strange. Mm -hmm. It's almost like undoing what they have done in the past. You know, Charge Rifle and Longbow have gotten price hikes in the past. The L Star was something that they wanted to, you know, completely cancel anybody's incentive to want to use this weapon now they're making it more appealing um same with the triple take mm-hmm. so a lot of it is kind of strange and when we don't get any notes or any words from the developers it's really hard to tell well, what's the current state are these weapons not popular are they not powerful anymore why are we doing these changes because it's out of nowhere and its impact is impossible for you and i to mm-hmm. understand when we make something 50 crafting materials less or 150 crafting materials more expensive on the third tier. It's like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. The why is such a great question. And I don't, I can't really say, you know, I honestly, we don't play a ton of arenas. So I can tell you for a fact that the charge rifle, longbow, sentinel, triple take, bow check, I don't think I bought them in the last season once when I did play arenas and making them cheaper is not going to change that. Um, So I think it's more of a signal maybe for some guns. Like I like that seeing the Havoc get buffed essentially, you know, and then it's getting more expensive means that they think this change will be meaningful and we should pay attention to that because now we should look at maybe using the Havoc a little bit more. Let's talk about some other changes though. So two-hour map rotation was removed, and we are starting with Stormpoint for one week. Are you a fan of having the two-hour map rotation removed? I've actually I've seen a lot of back and forth, honestly, on social media, which I personally was not expecting. I was expecting this to be a yeah. very positive thing all around. But some people kind of talked about how they enjoyed getting into the groove of playing a map and such rather than, you know, playing one or two games and it switching. I've never had a problem with this. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they, they started doing this, I think, when we came back to King's Canyon Season 5. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this for two years, if my memory is correct. I have no problem with it. I think that the map that's in rotation, whether it's new or just the different map from last season, lines up with the current ranked split. So I think that's a perfect synergy of being able to practice a little bit on whatever map is also in ranked. Um and I'm okay with that consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I also am a big fan of having all of the maps in public rotation, but we only get three. So yeah. I'll yeah. be okay with that when it comes back next week. I still want the uh, King's Canyon app for dark in the rotation. The alternate versions of maps and rotations, yeah. man. It could be so cool. could be so cool. Anyways, outside of that, though. A couple bug fixes to highlight. Uh, there was a fix for players inside of Bangalore Smoke unintentionally getting aim assist on targets outside of Smoke. That was very much something people were expressing some serious frustration about this last season. 
kind of interesting that we never actually heard that it was a bug or a problem from the developer team. We kind of just assumed it was like, I can't really tell if people are actually getting the aim assist or something. So this is a little sad to see with no communication from the last season that Bangalore mains, you know, we're getting that aim assist. And they also, I'm going to highlight this one because it's one we've seen essentially being used is that they fixed the unintended bug where players can extend the mother loads range by using it on flyers, cryptos drone, loot drones, Loba's bracelet, you know, those kinds of items. Uh, interesting, interesting little bug fixes. Whenever it's a bug fix that is like a ability people kind of find from using the legend for so long. I think it's really interesting how they worded that fix mm-hmm. because Motherload has great range. You know, that's not a problem. Yeah, it's yeah. the radius of the actual fire that mm-hmm. you were able to uh, fire this mortar higher so that the ring where you would get recon permanently would be significantly wider than it should be. So I'm glad they made this fix because it was really strange to see clips and see this used in different situations. Yep. And then the last change we're going to talk about today, custom matches are replacing the previous private match system. Honestly, don't know a ton about this yet. There's supposed to be UI and design improvements. We can give you guys an update after running third-party Invitational 3 to kind of see what it actually looks like. Um, It saves team names, which is going to be fantastic because that's been one of our biggest issues uh, and just overall saving match settings when you return. Uh, This does not mean it is public. It is something we thought could potentially be coming. Custom matches, meaning that it was going to be available to everyone rather than private matches. I'll take the optimistic point of view and say the name change and just upgrading this feature in general is kind of like a... You know, we're on the road map in a little bit more of a serious manner in terms of bringing custom matches to everyone and anyone. Totally. I think that this being a, a kind of big ticket item this season mm-hmm. might have gotten people's hopes up a little bit too much just because we've now been told that we're working on making this a public custom match feature for everybody for over a year now. But, it, you know, this is something, like Shay said earlier, Maybe we get it at the split. Maybe this happens later this season. Um, yeah. it, it is in that direction. So don't get your hopes up. Nothing but cross it's possible. Progression. Nothing on cross nope. progression, man. We don't get that. That's brutal. Nothing or, on 120 frames for console either. <laughs> Let's wrap it up now with a couple five-star questions. The first question is coming from Ethy Boy. Five stars. Hey guys, I just started playing the game in season 12. I'm a Valkyrie main and I have two questions for you today. One, I would like to play a different type of legend than Valkyrie. Any suggestions? Two, I find myself losing 1v1s and gunfights in general. I seem to always get carried. What are your suggestions to winning more gunfights? Good question. Awesome. So we want a legend who is better at winning 1v1s who is different from Valkyrie. Uh, they're two separate questions, but yeah, I guess you could link them. But kind of. They got... Mm-hmm. Similar wants. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I really think that Loba can help a ton with yep. both of those. Um, very different play style from Valkyrie. And just getting you those weapons is going to allow you to perform better in those 1v1s. Somebody super different who you probably don't even have unlocked is Rampart. <laughs> I think that she is really, really fun. And I'm excited to talk about her abilities on Saturday's episode. Um yeah, those are my initial thoughts. Super different from Valk. Yeah, I, I mean, continue down the different than Valk train. I mean, you could go with Gibraltar. can fulfill mm-hmm. two things there. You know, you 
different play style. Gun shield can be helpful in 1v1s. Just other 1v1 tips though, you know, it's going to take some practice, but stay moving, you know, left and right strafe if you can. I think that's on the harder side of things. I think the up and down crouch spamming is a bit more easy to get used to, uh, but don't stand still. Don't be a statue when you're in 1v1s. It makes it too easy to get hit. So stay moving. It's going to take some time to adjust to, but those are kind of like the little quick tips, I would guess I could say for improving those 1v1s potentially. For sure. Next question coming from Ben. Five stars. Do you have a Star Wars podcast? I'm pretty sure you do, but I forgot what it's called. I wish we had a Star Wars podcast, man. man. We, can we get that rolling? Can we get that? We rolling? should. We'd be good on it for real. Uh, we've never had a Star Wars podcast. We've talked some serious Star Wars on behind the scenes. I can tell you that mm-hmm. that has happened uh, for multitudes of hours at this point for the people that have been on behind the scenes for since the beginning. Yeah, more pods, more Star Wars, more games. Lots of questions always that get me thinking. <laughs> yeah, we're excited and nervous for Obi-Wan. So mm-hmm. uh, Might have to share some thoughts. Might have to. I'll be honest with you, Ben. I'd be more likely to hop on a live stream or something and talk about Star Wars Spur the Moment than to do an actual podcast on it. Henry and I, we very much prepare, spend a lot of time preparing for these shows. Uh, we don't really have the extra time to add another show. But if people are, you know, really interested in hearing, you know, Henry and I's thoughts on things of pop culture, Star Wars, Marvel, all that good stuff, you know, 20 minutes in the Discord or on Twitter spaces or something once in a while is not out of the picture. So express that uh, want in the Discord or on Twitter and uh, something Henry and I can discuss. Absolutely. Last question coming from St. Titus, five star. I've been a huge fan of the show ever since season seven. I'm always looking forward to new episodes to hear what you guys think about the game. I've been wondering though, what would you think about prestige skins being included in the battle pass as an alternate tier 100 reward instead of being a reward for a collection and thematic events? Prestige skins, mythic skins, I think is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've had so many talks about <laughs> kind of the state of heirlooms and ranking up. And we were just talking about this morning while we were playing the fact that we've now max ranked on two different accounts and no heirloom for me. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, progression. Should you be rewarded with really exciting items mm-hmm. like, a, like an evolving skin, uh, prestige skin, heirloom? Something you don't see, yeah. In terms of the skin, yeah. I would like that. Including in the battle pass, I'm hesitant to embrace that idea just because even though there's some really amazing battle pass skins Mm -hmm. for longtime players, you don't even really want to attach them Mm -hmm. because they're so common. I think for newer players, they're really awesome because you don't have anything that's that cool and they are really, really cool. Don't get me wrong. But for longtime players, there's better options. Yeah, it's an evolving skin, like, is Mm -hmm. what it is. That's what the prestige skin is. That fits much more in comparison to the evolving weapon skins than it does the heirlooms. Uh, You know, evolving weapon skins, you actually see. That's a nice benefit. Legend skins, you do not see those. Heirlooms are in a unique category of their own in that there is one of them. You will never compare them to another one. Um, I think there's a lot of people, though, that see this Bloodhound skin that just came out in this most recent battle pass, and you're like, that's 
if as cool, if not cooler than the Prestige skin that was just released that's going to cost a pretty penny. Um, it's a sad but true fact that heirlooms and mythic skins are rewards for players that are willing to spend a lot of money, not for players that are willing to play the video game. Um, which breaks my heart because, you know, I feel like they've got so many in the game. They keep getting better. People still want them. That, you know, making it actually obtainable for people would not be the end of the world for them financially. And to me, this is the largest example of my disappointment in, you know, EA in terms of paywalling uh, something in the video game. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, that's it. it. It is a good question just about Battle Pass. What makes it a really good incentive to invest in it? Um, I think it's something to, to keep looking at um, yeah. as the seasons go on because yeah. the Battle Pass might be getting less exciting as we go forward. Mm-hmm. I think that's very fair. That's going to wrap up part one, though, of the season 13 release. Part two comes out on Saturday. Check it out. Please do. In the meantime, though, thank you to our producer, The Third Party 10, who supports over on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Follow on Spotify. And check us out on Discord via the link in the description. Thanks so much for listening to The Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now. Another squad coming in. Boom. Whole squad down. Maybe tomorrow.